Welcome to another episode of the Recommendations podcast where we talk all things business, love and science. Today I am joined by friend and incredibly inspiring human Athena Savas, who is the sustainability manager at MJ Bale, which is how we originally connected, but also incredible entrepreneur and founder of Meet Her. There are so many things to unpack just in that title of yours. But I've brought you on this episode today because, first of all, I'm your number one fan and I think you're absolutely incredible and inspiring. And you and I can talk for hours about the nerdiest, coolest things ever. But there's so much more depth to you than just being sustainability manager at MJ Bale. There's so many other things going on in your world. There are so many other responsibilities. And I really feel that they can inspire anyone who listens to this episode, it is going to be a little bit more focused on business and business culture and the psychology of management and leadership and teams, but there's a lot more to that. So hello, Athena, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Rebecca. And I just want to say I'm also your number one fan, (laughs) Um, but thank you so much for having me. And I'm super excited to yeah dive into our conversation today. I'm, I love this. I, I know every time we talk or email or catch up, it's just like, I don't know, it's like a bromance, you know? Like, I just <laughs> I'm want sitting to- here smiling like yeah. an idiot. So yeah, I, I resonate with that. <laughs> We're like, we are the same. And it's it's so awesome because there's not a lot of people in the positions that we're in that are so similar, similar age, similar mentality. And I think that's why we click really well because, you know, it's it's quite rare to find. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And uh, excuse the pun, but I do almost feel that we are a bit of soul sisters because the moment <laughs> that we that we met and we started talking from our first conversation, it was as if it wasn't our first conversation. <laughs> so uh, I can, yes, I fully resonate with everything that you have just said. <laughs> I get excited, you know, like I forget to be professional sometimes. And, you know, I just, I knew your background and, and when you reached out, I was just so happy. And, and I sort of straight away went into like that colloquial, colloquial <laughs> way and you I think you just you know slid into it as well and it was just so lovely so it's really nice yeah I definitely agree and that's why I was so excited to when you invited me onto this podcast to to come talk about <laughs> you know as you said you know business love and science and, and everything in between so <laughs> exactly well ready to dive in <laughs> yeah, literally the thing that and I was saying to this to you before the thing that you and I sort of clicked about first was how you know, we deal with teams and how we deal with the teams that we manage and, you know, trying to instigate change and culture change and, you know, basically inspire those around us to do better. But before I dive into that, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do and what your responsibilities are between all the different roles that you have, whether it's in at MJ or at Meet Her just so we can have a bit of context and then we can get nerdy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I guess in where I am now, I feel like is very, very much driven by where I have come from. Um, but starting, starting with with where I am now, with which is, you know, I am the sustainability and projects manager at MJ Bale. Um, it's been a great journey to hear originally starting from a retail ops background with them. Uh, moving into projects and then thankfully and very gratefully getting the opportunity to to head up our focus um, and conscious effort on sustainability and looking after pretty much anything that links to sustainability is now within my camp. Um, I would I'd probably use the word co-responsibility because which I guess we'll link into our conversation later it's really something that I want to drive um, in collaboration with my colleagues uh, because we're very quickly learning out and agreeing that sustainability isn't its own thing it's it's ingrained it's embedded or it needs to be embedded but it really does affect absolutely everyone in business um outside of mj bale i am also the founder of meet her unfortunately COVID has not been kind to the events industry which i'm sure many people can can imagine and so it's been a bit slow going um as i also try to find my feet in a full-time role that i'm very passionate about whilst also having um you know, this this business on the side, which I've recently realized I'm going to talk about as a not-for-profit because that actually is what it is. Uh, this not-for-profit on the side that's really, uh, I started because I was so passionate about gender equality and more particularly the role that we can play in empowering young women and the support that we can provide to young women to navigate that early stages of their career 
uh, which we'll see, I, which I believe that we'll see an impact on throughout their career in the sense that when we talk about the gender gap uh, and particularly the gender pay gap, I think a lot of people refer to, you know, um, women wanting to be mothers and having children or, and all those things as a reason why the gap exists. But what a lot of people don't realise is they're actually, if you look at pay, there's actually a gender pay gap from the very outset of our careers when you leave uh, university uh, yeah. between a male and a female graduate which already shows you that the gap begins from the very beginning and when I when I found that out myself I thought you know whilst everyone's trying to focus on all these other other components of a woman's journey if it's happening from the beginning then we need to actually close the gap from the beginning to have an impact everywhere else and so that's why Meet Her started um, with this idea that purposeful mentorship and guidance from those before us can help um, address address this issue from the very beginning and hopefully yeah. um, it's not something that I expect to you know change gender equality in the next five years but what I'm hoping it will see short-term benefits for the young women but also long-term with this idea of uh, inspiring and engendering this concept of intergenerational mentorship so yeah. that was the concept behind meet her um, and I guess that's what I'm doing now but I, I also I guess wanted to quickly touch on what got me to this point because I feel like the and I guess it's I, I say that my journey started when I was um, 15, but I dare say I could probably take it back to 12, which was the first time I can physically recall doing something for charity or not-for-profit, or I guess the first time Athena did good, and it was uh, <laughs> baking cupcakes for RSPCA Cupcake Day. Oh, and <laughs> I went and got the greens packet of cupcakes from Coles, and I baked, I think it was like 36, you know, three dozen and I was like mom I baked these cupcakes to save the animals go take them to work and and sell them and bring me the money so I can donate to RCCA and save <laughs> all the animals people <laughs> and and she and you know what I don't know if she sold them or if she just gave me the money and just took the cupcakes in but regardless that was my first my first <laughs> thing of, of doing good and um I didn't make a lot of sense even to myself when I was younger um mm -hmm. but I was re-inspired again at at 15 where I'd actually written a quote on my wall uh, by Mahatma Gandhi which was be the change you wish to see in the world yeah. and at that teenage age you know you feel so much angst and frustration and I was just mad at the world I was like why is it so shit like why is there so many problems like yeah. why aren't people trying to fix things and I was very frustrated and, and that quote kind of inspired me to realize rather than putting the onus on others what, what is it that I can do yeah um, but then from from there I, I had this mission to change the world and I had to unfortunately be reality checked by many people saying Athena you can't save the world and of course that just made me want to save the world more um <laughs> but then I later on <laughs> yeah I, I did eventually realize that um I myself can't change the world but it doesn't mean I can't change someone's world and that the ripple effect of doing that and then hopefully inspiring others to do that means that in in some as a collective we, we can actually change the world in, in all the ways that we all want to see. So that's why I'm I'm so passionately MJ Bell's sustainability manager and why I'm equal, equally passionately the founder of Meet Her. It's, there, it's my way of trying to do that is to be the change that um, mm. I wish to see in the world. Hey, there's so many things I want to talk about. <laughs> there's not <laughs> enough time. I just want to make one note and that is when you were talking about the the pay gap starting from the beginning what mm. i think is so interesting to note is as somebody who in my position is employing people mm. you know I, I can imagine how many interviews i've experienced and how many people i've met over the last seven years it's it's very interesting to see the difference in dynamic of behavior of asking for what they want between females that i've interviewed and males that i've interviewed and that to me is makes it sounds like that's where you're stepping in it's definitely immediate yep. like interaction of creating boundaries and guidelines and expectations of what you want from from your job and from your pay but also having that communicated both ways it's like you know obviously if the role is advertised as you know let's just make fake numbers you know ten thousand dollars <laughs> you know and you you walk in and ask for twenty thousand dollars it's like mm. well you applied for the wrong role like it's it's too much right but there's there's 
ways that you can compromise within that. But it's it's so interesting because often it's true. Like I interview, I've interviewed a lot of men and often they come in and they're very clear of what they want, how much they're worth, um, you know, leave it or take it kind of attitude and the negotiation quite frankly starts from the beginning. Whereas most, not all of the women that I've interviewed are have a much softer approach. They're trying to impress you with their what they can offer, you know, what they can bring to the table. Money is never really talked about, never mentioned. And when you bring it up, they feel rather uncomfortable. Mm. And as a boss, as a leader, I instill the mentality in my team that if you can't have a conversation with me openly, transparently, and you don't feel safe, then you shouldn't be here. It's not making you yeah, feel safe and I'm not making you feel heard and, you know, part of the team and at home, then something's not right. So I really do push that mentorship on everyone that's part of the soul family to really be autonomous and feel confident in asking for their needs to be met within respect to, you know, the, the job, of course. Mm. So and that. Yeah, that's just fantastic, Rebecca, because I think in your case, you've taken on that purposeful mentorship role yes. just naturally, instinctively, because you know that's the right thing to do as, as you know, I don't even like using the word manager where I can avoid it, but as a leader for your team. Um, and that's unfortunately, that's not that's not everywhere. And I think that's why it's mm -hmm. fantastic that you're able to to lead that way. And, and it's exactly that, you know, just interestingly on just what you, from your anecdotal uh, points there around the different experiences you had between men and women. I recall looking into a study. Uh, I can't remember if it was while I was doing, while I was studying psychology or not, but uh, there's a study that showed they had the same amount of men and women do a test and, and they got their scores from the test. Before they got their score, they asked them, how well do you think you performed? I, I, think, I think it was just something like 80% of the men overestimated their performance and overestimated it confidently. Uh, whereas mo majority of the women underestimated their performance where they did on average way better than than the men. And that was just a perfect example of yeah. why we see what we often hear about. It's not uncommon to hear that men go in a bit more assertive and a bit more sure of themselves in interviews and ask for what they want versus, as you said, women focus on the soft skills. They really try to sell themselves and they always never feel comfortable about um, talking about money. And, and the funniest part about all that is is when I was going for my first pay raise and I was asking for my first promotion, I was that young woman that was yeah. nervous, that was scared, yeah. that didn't want to ask for more. Yeah. Uh, and I needed like five people to tell me, you can ask for more. Yeah. And I, and, and, you know, long and behold, I did and I got it. And I was like, oh my goodness, that worked. It turns out if you ask for it <laughs> and, that and worked. <laughs> it worked, I was like, oh, and you know, and it, it, you know, my, um, uh, our big boss man and myself, we had a great conversation. It was so open and we had a really a great plan and he saw that I, I was worth it. And I was like, wow, turns out all you've got to actually do is ask. And you, and admittedly, yes, we don't always get everything we ask for, but you're definitely not going to get it if you don't ask. The worst That's the guarantee. Is, yeah, you're going to get the worst thing that will happen is you'll get an answer of no or not right now. or Not right now, exactly. And yeah. I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's um an interesting world. So, well, it's so it's. Know. I mean, let's talk about it. You and and I, you and I are deeply passionate about psychology. It's not just mm -hmm. this is this is completely part of the context of being a good leader and management and you know operating teams. Like where it it's very fortunate that you and I have this holistic mentality, but also have the confidence and experience to sit and talk about this now because we've both been through either spectrum right but I just love that study and I was laughing because I've heard it before because mm. I always think if somebody asks me Beck why are you successful like why why is soul successful or why as an entrepreneur have you done well and I always say well if I'm going to do something I'm going to do it better than anyone else and mm. I generally anticipate that I've already done it you know it's that real you know, vision mindset of an entrepreneur where you're like, I've already executed everything in my mind. I've envisioned the end. I've achieved everything. It's already happened. Now I just have to like do it. And that's nothing, you know, that's, that's just like the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the kind of attitude that I attempt to instill in my teams and my employees where I go, 
you know, anything is possible. There's a solution for everything, but you have to have the right mindset and you have to have already achieved success in your mind and you have to already be in a state of, you know, success and abundance and like productivity. It has to be that energy that you give out and everything else will just happen because you'll do the work because that's what you do, you know? And it's the same thing with like going in and asking for a raise. It's like, why are you not worth it? At one, what point in your day of you working really hard and passionately for this particular project or job or whatever it is, has somebody told you you're not good enough or where, uh, you know, the results are there for themselves. So what is stopping you from talking about that out loud? Like who, at what point in culture or environment are people being made to feel guilty for being successful within a working environment? Yeah, and I, and but I also think the other piece of that is, um, I think some people, a lot of women, assume that even if they know how hardworking they are and they know that they've they've delivered their deliverables and they've met performance targets or they've probably even exceeded them, right? Like they, <laughs> you know, probably right. And even all those things can be true, and they can tell you it's true. But I guess the interesting thing, and I've I've heard it from the women even around me at work, where they're like, "But you, uh, you." if you deserve it, you will get it. Right. But I think that's a very old mentality yeah. that's been ingrained into women that you will get it if you work hard yes. rather than if you because ask you've worked hard, you can ask for it and then you get it. Like, And I, I guess there's this idea that we assume that people see the efforts and we assume that they see the, the hard work and everything in between. But in reality, they don't. That's right. Oh, you, they don't. They don't see it. You know, I was reminded by one of my colleagues the other day. I was telling them something I had to do, and she was like, "Oh, I didn't realize that you were still doing that, but I can appreciate that you are because I know that my team still has things to do when you think things are done." Yeah. And it was nice to hear that because it reminds you you're not the only one. But it's that concept where people don't actually know what you do to get to get the result or what that's you do on the day to day, and so that's why you need to remind. Doesn't matter how incredible your manager is at work they can be the best person to be so supportive of you but they don't know what, what you spend your time doing because they also have their own responsibility own life yeah their own life their own responsibilities their own manage their own performance targets and sometimes that's why i think we need to encourage young women to have these open conversations whether it's about a succession plan whether it's about a promotion uh whether it's about a pay increase whatever that looks like you actually need to carve out time with with the leaders in your business to have those discussions because right. it's not because that you're being I'm hoping that young women or and women in general aren't being overlooked or people in general aren't being overlooked it's more yeah, so yeah. that you need to remind people you need to make it a topic of discussion to That's actually right. discuss and um, look and I think that it's not just that. women it's people it's anyone in a team it's yes obviously meet her is very heavily oriented around mentoring women and it's required mm. but it is it's anyone any team member like it, everyone should have that understanding that holistic understanding that whether it is a manager or you're in a small business and it's your boss it's imagine their to-do list just like yours you know there's time for you know sitting down and talking about it and sharing wins like we have whiffle sessions a couple times a week which is like what I feel like expressing but that only happens in agile small teams you know when you're in a bigger corporate it's far more complex it's far more difficult to get in front of somebody with a meaningful conversation so you have to go make that happen yeah definitely and you've and you've got to cover out that time and I think we need to really get rid of this this understanding that hard work gets rewarded Yes, yes, it can do, but sometimes you need to ask for the reward because that that's what we just need to do because the world and and everything just seems to be getting busier and you don't want to be left behind simply because you were too afraid to to ask. And as we said before, the worst thing is, and I don't even think that many people even get told no anymore. I think, as you said, it's not right now, and that's yep. workable because at least then there's a plan forward. Exactly. There's something that you can do to work on. But if you don't mention it at all. Yeah, it's never going to happen. And so I think it's around when it comes to bringing it back to meet her, it's really just around instilling the confidence in young women. So I think just have those conversations. I think once we're in them, we can hold the space, but it's around instigating those those often difficult conversations because it feels foreign and it feels uncomfortable. That's right. But and it, it also instills your worth, I think. 
Absolutely. And you know how that happens? Being in control. It allows and instigates that mindset and that behavior of I am in control of my path. You don't just sit and wait, you go and do. And that I think is the key to any form of success. Don't just talk about it. Don't just sit on it. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't complain about things. You can't complain while you're standing in the rain without an umbrella. You know what I mean? Like it's- <laughs> yeah, no, I fully agree with you. And you know what I love? I remember once saying, I feel so lucky. And my partner corrected me and he goes, what for? You made your own luck. Damn straight. And I was like, that was really nice to hear. Because, yes, sometimes, admittedly, it is a bit of luck. But if you don't yourself put in the effort and or make those opportunities for yourself, things don't actually just magically appear for people. It's people that are putting out the intention. You're doing actions that lead you to that eventual destination or on the journey that you're going on to so you've, you've got to sometimes you do you've literally got to build the pathway brick by brick in front of you Sounds until great. one day you realize that oh it's connected to where you wanted to be and and you know to me luck is i would reframe the term luck as timing and then timing yeah. occurs based on the instigation of tasks like mm-hmm. it's you literally as you said like you made a decision, you made a choice, an empowered choice, you took an action and you happen to be in the right moment at the right time. Like luck happens after the fact that opportunity is taken. Yes, no, I, I agree. And I think that's why um, I think I, obviously there, I, and I don't even like using the word luck anymore either because I don't yeah. think it's like, there's other that things that, you know, we can't, we can't overlook. Things like privilege, being fortunate, there, there's those elements, but luck in itself, I think it's a made-up tale for for yeah. what kind of what we were saying before for people that maybe don't want to put in the hard yards to actually get to where they want to go. Exactly, and rather than feeling lucky, you feel grateful. Yes, that I believe in wholeheartedly. It's it's um, gratitude. I think is the core to abundance in my mind. Oh, I lost you for a sec, Athena. I think you're on mute. Uh-oh. Oh, we lost your mic. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna keep the recording going in case you might be able to Hello. Go. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hello. We we had some mic issues, but we were able to look at that. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Well, it's okay because it's not live and we can cut this little bit out. But um, was there anything you wanted to add in regards to gratitude? Um, oh, yes. I, I, yeah, and I love that you brought up gratitude mainly because I found myself last week. It was it was my birthday. and Yes, happy birthday for last week. <laughs> and what I found myself feeling last week was just being so grateful. I was so happy with where I was not because where I am is perfect or where I am is even where I want to be but I was just grateful for where I was anyway the people that were around me the friends that I had my partner my dog where I was at in my career I was just grateful for everything that had happened to this point and it was such a nice feeling and I actually think I read one of your posts around um when when you when you have gratitude you find things to be grateful for and once i had that conscious realization of how grateful i was i did find more things to be more grateful for and it's such a nice feeling because it's it's almost like your own internal voice telling you to be satisfied and to celebrate your wins in a really nice humble way that, that you can feel and it's um it was yeah it was really special coming into my birthday to feel that because there's I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people uh, leading to their when turning twenty five and turning thirty to have already experienced success and to be the best of them because you know there's all those top lists of being the yeah. top under thirties or whatever those lists are and there's so much pressure on on young people and I feel like particularly young women to achieve that but it was nice for a moment not to feel that and to be fully 
grateful just for where I was and what I had accomplished and knowing that that was enough for where I am right now. Which is also a lot, like a shit ton, like a huge amount <laughs> just quietly that you've achieved. And I think sometimes, you know, I just, again, like to the other side, my inner voice goes, yeah, but it's still not enough. Um, I know. <laughs> Look, I, you're talking to somebody who knows that so deeply. And that's that's why we're in the positions we're in. That's why you get to do what you do every day. And that's why you're, you know, as much of an important influence as you are in the fields you work in and also why you're achieving so much in such a small amount of time. So I know that. I know that feeling. But I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about what you're achieving, <laughs> basically, while we're on the topic. You know, when we met last time, we were doing our beach cleanup mm. with your gorgeous team. And I know that a big pain point is getting to really change the internal culture and change mindset of people. And you know me and how much I'm a little bit obsessed with consumer psychology and human behavior and how that impacts the world around us. And I know you love this too, because this is what you do every day. <laughs> talk, talk us through this challenge and what this experience is like. And just for context, what Athena's doing at MJ Bale is pretty insane. And on top of the actual business, you know, uh, goals that you're hitting of, you know, going, um, sorry, it was emissions free. And there's a, a few other incredible um, in science experimentations with the sheep and the seaweed that you're doing. And you'll talk us through all of that after. But just from an internal perspective, like it's so difficult to actually, even the fact that so many people showed up to the beach clean, by the way, was incredible. Talk us through what you're experiencing and what you've been through and, and what is next for you. Yeah, definitely. So uh, on yeah, on the point of what we're doing, you know, I'm very proud to work for MJ Bale. We are Australia's first fashion brand to be certified carbon neutral by Climate Active for both That's our organisation and yeah. products. And so that was a big goal for us to hit last year in November. It was huge. Yeah, and it was great. And, you know, admittedly, I'm getting very nervous as we come up to our true up for what our carbon footprint was. But what I keep reminding myself and what I've been humbly reminded by our head of brand, Jono, is we need to focus on progress over perfection. Yeah. And, you know, if we get setbacks, that's okay because it just gives us the checkpoint that we need to go, okay, so what do we need to do next to be better? And um, so, yep, so we're, we're carbon neutral where the the sheep and seaweed trial is uh, going quite well. So we started with a trial of 50 sheep um, last year or the year before where we fed them asparagopsis, which is a native seaweed, uh, which we work together with Kingston Farm and Sea Forest. And what this seaweed does, it provides methane abatement in the sheep. And so we're working on some hard kind of more trials uh, to, to work out definitively what the methane abatement is. But we do know factually there is definitely methane abatement when you feed asparagopsis to any livestock, whether it's cattle or sheep. Uh, so it's very exciting. We've expanded this year from 50 to 500. So wow. Um, with the intention to That's amazing, yeah, expand a bit next year as well. So we're ironing out the kinks because originally we were feeding uh, the sheep um, the asparagopsis oil, but it was quite laborsome for the farmers. So we're just trying to work out a, a proper methodology and practice that can be um, widely implemented because our goal is to bring on hopefully more farms into this initiative as well and make this something that the, the wool industry can actually take up upon themselves because wool as a fiber is fantastic it's one of the world's um best natural fiber in the sense that i, I think it is the world's best fiber in terms of recyclability uh, yeah. one of the few fibers that when you recycle it doesn't drastically lose its value but yeah. also um the and, and you know there's so many other benefits to wool as well it's obviously biodegradable uh, because it's natural uh, and and there is some carbon uh, carbon abatement elements in regards to the fact that you know the sheep mainly just feed off grass. Grass is great for carbon sequestration, but at the end of the day, sheep fart and they <laughs> and they fart methane, and it's not great. But this asparagopsis is a very very promising 
um, finding in, in the science community for methane abatement. So we're excited to cement in some, some more hard data in the next year or two, and then with a goal to roll this out to more farmers um, and really see, hopefully support the wool industry thrive uh, through mm -hmm. our products. But I guess with all those things in mind, it sounds like we're doing great work and we are, but I guess the challenge which you were hinting at was these projects largely involve a very small percentage of the yeah. business body. Yeah. yeah. And and those people are super invested. We spend lots of time, money and energy in in finessing these things. But ultimately, when you look at the MJ Bale as a whole business, there's about 300 of us and they're probably less than six people that work on those kind of what have worked to get us to carbon neutral and work on the zero emission trial actively and so you know it's a very small percentage and the challenge the ambitious challenge i've set myself is to hopefully prompt and then guide us through a degree of transformative change on our mindset on our practices uh and on the way that we do business and transformation makes it sound as though it's it's drastic from a operations perspective. It, it actually isn't. It's probably I like to use the word an evolution. Uh, <laughs> I like that word better. <laughs> it's it's an evolution uh, on on what we're doing, but it is transformative in the sense that if we go through this journey, it will totally transform. Most importantly, the mindset and the culture. But, well, look at look at this for a second. If we talk about any company, any business, any size, it's, you know, often we talk about the nitty gritty of product development, shipping, freight, um, packaging in respect to sustainability, like materials produced, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at the company as a whole, everything else matters. Like the employees that you hire, the people that are physically there and present to make the company run, they also leave a carbon footprint. They, you are as a company, as an institution, responsible from a holistic perspective. And you can look at a certification and you can look at all the data and like programs that exist to calculate the impact you're having on the planet. People are often forgotten about. It's only just really being talked about now where they're actually considering taking that aspect seriously like out of all your employees who drives to work who catches public transport who um, gets an uber who walks how many single-use coffee cups do they use a day how many single-use water bottles do they use a day because that you're responsible for that that's part of your operations and i think athena that's what you often talk about internally is when you talk about culture change and mindset changes, how can we instill a new thought pattern into the people that you sit next to every single day to choose better conscious consumer decisions in their own personal lives? hundred and ten percent. And I think, you know, to your point, when we talk about these big businesses or small businesses, doesn't matter who, when yeah. you, as you said, like packaging, freight, all those things, it's focused on a very operational perspective, but a bit, what it doesn't look at is who actions those operations yeah. and <laughs> that, that's what's missing that's is you're correct. looking at the you were looking at the data or the end result but we forget who actually actions it and and i yeah i fully i fully agree with that you know if we want big things to happen it needs to start you know what is it from big things no from little things big things grow and it yeah. needs to start from from the person and from and from those tiny what seems tiny looking at one person actually then has a, a chain impact. And, uh, you know, I'm gearing up to, to speak at an upcoming strategy with our retailers. And I was trying to work out how I want to do this differently. And I worked it out in a perfect phrase because in the past I asked them, you know, what change do you want to see in the business? Where do you want us to improve? And it's been fantastic. They've given us some fantastic feedback that we're working on almost everything that they have said, we've either done it or, or we're still developing. But I wanted to flip the focus a bit more because what I recognized is as a business, which our impact isn't just about the business, as you said, it's about us as individuals, what we're trying to achieve, or, or at least what I'm trying to <laughs> encourage us to achieve is what I phrase in one word is better. Yeah, to be better totally. to do better you know do business better be better people have a better impact um there's no point in trying to be 
the best. You know, Simon Sinek talks about the infinite um, game, the infinite mindset. You know, how do you even measure? <laughs> You know, how do you how do you measure the best? You know that it's not yeah. stagnant. Someone else can be the best. Then you know there isn't an endpoint. And so I've I've shifted this thing, thinking to being better, just always going for better, better than we were yesterday. And it's it it starts with the people that you have. And so the question that I, I was going to, why well, I intend to phrase to them is, what change can you influence rather yeah. than what change do they want to see? Because yeah. then I'm hoping it really instigates this feeling of empowerment because I think often when you work in in businesses particularly big businesses you go they can fix packaging they can do this they can do that yes but you are they so what can you do to be a part of that solution as well and that's the the shift I'm trying trying to have because ultimately you know those six people I don't need their buying because they're already bought into this they're already doing the work but what we want to see is all 300 plus people doing the work that they can do on their levels and then taking that home with them or sharing it with the customers because then the impact is no longer just 300 strong. It's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that walk through our doors every single day. I can't even, how many people go online in, you know, in, in the years, all the impacts that we can be having, you know, come back to that collective thought. And this sounds all great and all inspiring but admittedly it's so hard it's yep yep well this this is what i'm going to ask you next is because you and i can you know we can talk we can inspire we can reword this in a way that you know anyone listening is going to feel that deep light within them of excitement and passion that we're expressing but the reality is it's fucking hard being an instigator of change, being a thought leader, being any kind of leader or anyone in a position of influence is incredibly challenging. And I I am going to bring up one small point. Mm. On top of all of that, we're rather young. Mm. So it's, I know it's always been a challenge for me and it's always been part of the growth of the experience, which is when you're in a position of power, influence, or, you know, like, management being often the youngest person in the room it's very difficult to connect to somebody that's maybe twice your age or three times your age who is perhaps set in their ways who's perhaps not entirely happy to be in that position (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) i know at the end of the day you put in so much passion and so much love into this because you believe in it wholeheartedly but you also end the day wanting to you know rip your hair out from like the overwhelm and the exhaustion of pouring yourself into something and I know it's really challenging so what are those challenges and how do you get through it and you know what do you have to deal with so a couple of weeks ago we had a like a leadership session we, we have them every couple months um with a with a fantastic um external thought leader in this space and we we're talking about crisis and how you navigate crises and um the uh, most of my colleagues focus on covid the pandemic mm-hmm. being the crisis mm-hmm. and i have to admit we navigated it actually i don't even have to admit it's a, we, you know i'm very happy to say mj bauer navigated covid and the pandemic fantastically yeah Um, it went from a people perspective from a safety and health perspective from a business perspective um there's a reason why we came out on the other side of it um and we know unfortunately how many businesses didn't um but the the crisis that i was thinking was the climate crisis this you know the (laughs) fact that the world is literally burning our country was burning only a few years ago that's right and then flooding yeah then the floodings you our country went from yeah from burning to crying and I was, yep. <laughs> that was the crisis that I was thinking about. And, you know, everyone had these positive spins on how we did implement the strategies that we were that we were taught through COVID and that was fantastic. It reaffirmed those things. And then there was little old me being like, well, You I, mean little I, young you? Yeah, little young me, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, true, little young me. Being like, well, I implemented these strategies and they only half worked. And I felt so deflated. And I describe it, as you said, you give so much of yourself because we are so passionate in this. And, you know, when you look at your cup, I know I empty my cup out 20 fold. And I don't know sometimes if it's 
I, I like to tell myself and people tell me it's making a difference, but sometimes you don't know because you don't see the difference that's that you may or may not be making. And it was, it, I, you know, I shared that with a couple of my colleagues in a breakout room and one of them said, Athena, what are you talking about? Like, you know, our, our store teams are doing this, this and this now, which they didn't do before. And then uh, the day before my birthday, uh, she sent me photos of what her store was doing. And it seems small, um, but it made me really happy. They were, when our product arrives in store, it comes in these kind of bin like bags to hold it all together. And previously they would throw it out and then we'd have to give them fresh ones when they were sending it back around. But they right. now wrap it down and they fold it and they keep it and they reuse it rather than needing to get you know, like you yeah. know how frustrating it is to buy bags, like buy plastic is very frustrating. And so, and they, and they frustrated them too. So when they were encouraged to keep the bags and reuse it and then they were doing it. And so she sent me a photo of one of our, um, a little box full of all these bags. So beautifully, I was, what I was so impressed was the bags were so beautifully folded. <laughs> they weren't just shoved in there. They were actually nicely folded. So when they did have to consolidate stock again, they could just use those. She goes, see, you are, you know, making a difference and having an impact and changing behaviors. And that was really heartwarming to hear and to see because I don't often get to to see that yet. And a lot of the goals that I'm striving towards are things that will take at best six months at yeah. best. And even then the actual outcomes probably won't be seen for another year, if not longer. And it can be really hard. And, and how I described it um, was it's like pushing a giant boulder up a hill people don't mean to but they're somehow standing on the boulder and jumping up and down in it because they're yeah. arguing about something at the top but they're not arguing at the top they're arguing on my boulder while I'm trying to push the <laughs> and can I just say I'm sorry I have to stop you for a second this is why you've just affirmed we're the exact same person so like I'm not joking I don't know maybe a couple months ago I was trying to explain somebody a similar scenario of like feeling challenged and the actual analogy was imagine I'm walking up a hill with a boulder tied around a rope and I'm holding the rope and I'm logging it up by myself and I can't see but there's somebody at the bottom pulling the boulder back down yeah like yeah the same fucking thing. <laughs> Just from the That's so funny. Because yeah, I didn't know how else to explain it. And I was so frustrated. I was like, because and like in, in this analogy, I actually like visualize it and I can see me sweating yeah. in it and like crying <laughs> and like like my clothes are dripping and my feet are sore because I'm not moving the boulder anywhere. And I can hear them above, but I can't see who's there. And it's 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 so frustrating and it can be so disheartening and you know I still wake up and do it every day because I know this is what I want to do and this is what I need not what I even want to do it's honestly what I need to do I yeah. you know I've I had my my what do they call it your midlife crisis when I was honestly <laughs> like 15 my midlife crisis was what the hell am I doing with my life yes okay, I'm not going to be here and what's that going to count for yes. and I just thought let's just have it early um <laughs> and, let's be productive with our time <laughs> and, and you're like, let's have the crisis early to make the most of the rest of the years yeah and, and so that's always been a stressor which is why I'll always wake up and put myself through the challenges again and hope that one day it won't be a challenge it will be um an obstacle that I overcame but it's exactly it's exactly. it is really hard and it's really hard and and you're so right like I if that's why you and I are so similar because we feel the same way about the same situation. And it's like, you know, when, when we had our beach cleanup the few weeks ago and I'm staring at the team that you've brought in, I'm being a bit of a lurk and I'm listening into their conversations as they waddle around and I'm listening to my employees do the same thing and they're all talking. And, and I remember just asking everyone, I think you had wandered off somewhere else. And I just said, how, how are you all feeling? Like you're carrying bags of plastic you are literally walking around holding a bag of trash but you're talking about something that you're going to do on the weekend like are you actually present like are you here with us because I'm holding a bag of trash feeling shocked that we've just walked around Coogee in 15 minutes and collected so much stuff mm. are you how do you feel and two of your teammates looked at me and they just went oh yeah shit I didn't realize how full it is I'm like, but you're, you're you're picking it up. 
<laughs> I was like, what do you mean you don't realize? <laughs> and it's so, yeah, and I think that that's the probably epitome of my challenge is so they know that they're there to do the right thing. And I yeah. love that, but it's that next step. Yes. It's that next step step and so uh the few days later we actually i took a few vol a few of my colleagues to volunteer at thread together and i'm about to sound like a terrible person for any <laughs> that's okay <laughs> i we were hearing um the beautiful uh paula who is the founder of plates for mates speak about uh someone that sh um uh, she was sharing a story of particularly someone that she had supported <clears throat> and one of my colleagues who who is a mother and the story was about a mother um and um she started crying next to me and you know she was tearing up and I could see her I could see the evolution of the tears I could see them ball up in her eyes and I could see them yep. start watering down she couldn't hold them back anymore and then you know the talk finished and we went back on with our volunteering and I went over to her um and I confessed to her firstly I of course checked how she was make sure she was okay <laughs> yes. and after that I confessed I said Mel this is exactly why I wanted you and others to come I'm so glad that you cried. Yeah. Because we live very privileged and fortunate lives where we get the choice to shelter ourselves from these things. Yes. You know, whether it's homelessness or whether it's the impacts that plastic thing has, you know, we throw it away or we, or some people just throw it on the street. They don't even bother putting it in the bin That's and right. they don't care because they don't see where the bottle ends up, which ends up in ocean, which ends up in someone's river, which then impacts someone's, you know, livelihood. They don't see all that. So they don't care. And so all these issues that most of the population have the privilege to ignore because it doesn't directly impact them. And because you can choose to ignore it, we do, because it makes us uncomfortable. And I said, I'm so glad that you came and that that story made you cry because I said, it's when you get to hear these things or see these things that you do fundamentally change. Something inside yeah. of you click something like up and it was and it was that feeling for me when I went to Cambodia it was that's when I knew that experiences change people that's what changes people it's not just talking to them because ultimately you forget what people tell you yes you what they showed you yes and, you know there's a saying you know you forget what people say but you remember how they made you feel and I think that's what it is about experiences you might not always fully remember what you saw for detail for detail but you remember how it made you feel correct and that's what made me realize that what in order to really undergo this attempt at changing mindset and cultures I need to somehow make them feel, feel and or experience something and not just something but how see the thing is people are more selfish than that and this is where you and I really understand human behavior it's it's not just as simple as how did it make you like it's not just about how it made you feel in the sense of, okay, your colleague was there and reacted to a story. It somehow triggered something in her. It yes. somehow reminded her of a personal experience or made her think of her own child or it somehow she made it about herself. That's the truth. That's why yes. it impacted her. It's not about that she actually gave a crap about the person who's suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's where it sounds a bit harsh and mean, but it's because she pictured herself as that person or she was triggered in a way that it was about her. And that's how change happens. It's people need to imagine themselves or people need to be impacted within themselves for them to be at service to somebody else, essentially. And I think not just that, but also I like you said, not just feel something. You're right, it's not just feel something because actually I don't think feeling anything positive makes much of a difference. It's actually okay. making, you need them to hurt. <laughs> it sounds so horrible, but so I know what you're saying. People need to hurt, people need to be angry, people need to be, you know, you need to be furious or you need to feel, feel the broken to then go, okay, this is actually a problem. And this comes to my theory around if you, you want to solve things, you need to recognise the problem first and it's harsh. But once you recognise it and you see it for what it truly is, then and only then can you really create true solutions to the issues right. at hand. 
But also, you know, to, to add to that, actually, to make it slightly less dark, the, you can have the other side of it. You can have the happy part, mm. but it can't just be happiness. It has to be joy. It has to be abundance. It has to be excitement. It has to be ecstaticness. It's not just, oh, yeah, that's nice. It's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I I need that. I can't not be part of this, you know? That's, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's the extremist emotive response to things that connect to our serotonin, release dopamine, um, release oxytocin. It's the hormonal reaction, right? Well, it's got to be possible. And true, actually, on that jumping, me piggybacking off that as well. It, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's the it's eudaimonic rather yes. than eudaimonic. It's looking at not just when you buy something, but you know, mm -hmm. when you are a part. Of, you're right. It's not just the negative. You're correct. When it's the positive, but it needs to be so extreme. It's it's the feel good that you get from helping yes. someone and there's you can only it, but it's hard though because you've got to convince them to do it first because they're not going to actually get the benefit <laughs> yes. of feeling good until after they've done it that's and right i think that's the epitome for me like i've always been a big um volunteer that that's just that's just yes. me and, and a lot of people don't volunteer and a lot of people don't realize that volunteering isn't always actually this comes back to what you were saying it you know it's a bit selfish it's not actually always yeah. about who you're helping but how good it actually does yeah. feel afterwards but again it's around convincing yeah. people to do it in the first place to then have the opportunity actually give themselves the chance to feel that immense sense of of, of yeah. gratitude of joy for what they've been able to help do and achieve but it's that's right and look i mean this conversation to me is like a classic simon Sinek talk right it's like when you do good you feel good and then there's a ripple effect and there's a domino effect and you release this dopamine and you release the serotonin and then you feel amazing so you put that outward and then you help somebody else and they feel amazing and then you feel even more amazing because you made someone else feel amazing. <laughs> and, and then everybody's a little bit high and then it goes on and on and on and it's when we when we tie this back to what you're trying to achieve in regards to sustainability and culture change it's like all you're trying to do is to get them feeling good once. Mm. It's like you did this beach cleanup. We did this beach cleanup together. I know my team loved it. Like we came back to the office and they're like, oh my God, that was the fucking best. Like, please, can we do that once a week? Like, please, you know, like obviously employees of Soul Cups are naturally going to be sustainability inclined. Like they're already passionate about it. MJ Bell's a bit different. You might have to work a bit harder to get them in that space but it's like I can guarantee you at least one of the people at the table um from the MJ Bale team would have left that day going that was bloody awesome like I had so much fun yeah that De again. definitely and it's you know it's just around trying to spread that you know trying yes. to spread, make this make this wave be a bit more contagious and I yes. believe that it will happen I had to be reminded you know I'm the sort of person that when I think up of something cool and I want to achieve something and I thought of it today. I wanted it to have been done yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. And you know, I still feel this way. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you know, it's not possible. And yet this is still what we think. But, you know, I've been reminded as well by people with more experience than me. And I appreciate the reality check that things do take time. That And it, yeah. you need to be patient on this journey and be persistent. And you will see yeah. the outcome that you are striving towards as long as you keep doing your part bit by bit it will happen and it's it's comforting to hear that because they've obviously seen that possible and it it come it comes back to yeah it is a challenge but i do believe that one day i'll wake up and it won't be a challenge and it would have just been an obstacle that i overcame yeah. and where i'm already seeing that now uh and it, it's been great those that did volunteer with me at thread together and did the beach cleanup bar you know they're spreading the word and i know this will will start to see bigger shifts that will that I will notice yeah uh, more so and I just need to be patient on that journey and just be persistent I know that those two things uh will will see us there exactly and it's also you know where you hold where you you, you take a step back right because you look at how passionate you are and you look at how passionate I am and you go okay well not everybody's there yet so how do we hold space and compassion yeah. and how do we be a better leader to those that maybe don't really care or aren't willing to care right now, right? It's like that comes back to that topic of okay, they're saying no, but they're all, they're not saying no directly. They're saying like not right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> so well, nice group. I like that. No, definitely. And I do agree as well. It's around, you know, I don't want to make people feel guilty for not coming yeah. to the clinic or not doing the volunteer. Yeah. But hopefully rather once they see that we did it, that they're like, oh, cool, I'd like to do it hopefully next time yes. and working out what challenges do they have what are their obstacles that I can help them to overcome to be able to engage in these things and um it's yeah it's, it's great I'm I'm happy to say that you know I've got so much support from our our executive and senior leadership teams and they're fully on board and um I also appreciate that you know come back to what you said before Rebecca being uh, a young leader in this space is so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that you said awkward. It's awkward. Because it's like, it, although it's a challenge, it's a challenge because it's awkward because you don't know. <laughs> people look at you for answers but and you kind of have them, but you're like, how do I say it so that I don't make it sound like, but then you're like, why do I care of how I sound? Like I can yes. just say it. And it's, it's just awkward. But I really appreciated one of them turned around and said to me yesterday, Athena, can you say this to my team? Because yeah. you are the... You are the expert on this. This is what you do. And I could not communicate that as eloquently or as passionately as you could. And I appreciated that because it made me recognize that I was the expert in in this for us and that I could provide that thought leadership. And they were very, all of them were open to it. And every single person in that meeting were all older than me, clearly. Yeah. Really, they've all got way more not just life experience but business experience so it it meant a lot when they when they recognized that and I also spoke to the board this week and uh, I was very very relieved to hear that um, they too thought really highly of my knowledge that I had to share when it came when it came to our journey and what the next steps were that I thought were important for the business on sustainability and it, it affirms this idea that although I am young that I still know my shit <laughs> and that I can own that and they they know that too I can own it because they know and they don't want me to shy away from it because that's what that, that's, that's why good. I'm in this position is 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 to do this and so um it, it was really it was nice to get that kind of um uh I don't know what you call it it's an affirmation but it's uh, yes not, it, yeah. it's not that you directly needed it but it's a beautiful reminder of your abilities like you know you and I are quietly confident in ourselves. That's mm -hmm. why we are in the positions we're in and maybe not so quiet. I'm definitely not very quiet, but yeah, <laughs> it's, quiet. <laughs> it's, it's um, you know, it, it's a beautiful affirmation and a beautiful reminder that there's a reason why you're so passionate and there's a reason why so much change has happened and you wouldn't be where you are if you weren't consistently being at service and giving all of that outward you know it, it's it's proof is in the pudding as they say it's it's right there written all over you so you know but there are a lot of challenges like you know I, I've been in this business I've been running soul for almost seven years now and when I started I was a baby I was 21 that's what, what do you know at 21 nothing <laughs> You know, if you ask both of us at 21, though, we would have said we knew a lot. We knew the world. That's true. <laughs> I think about that too. I'm like, wow, I was maybe extra confident than what I should yeah. have. Well, by 21, this was my second company. I had started um, other businesses and I was running successful gyms and other operations. And, you know, like at, at by 21, I felt 41. And at 28 yeah. now, I feel even like 80s <laughs> but it's it's within the mindset of I'm I never know everything I'm always learning I am a forever student and I'm consistently and persistently exploring newness and education and looking to those better than me for support just like you are and I think that is why we have so much influence on people I, I fully agree. And that with exactly what you just said, a forever student is actually something that I can I can very openly share that I forgot that that needed to be the case. There was that short period where I thought I knew everything. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm so glad that I got the reality check that I needed, that I don't, that I, yes, I know a lot. And I've, yes, I've probably experienced a lot more than what people twice my age have experienced. Yeah. However, there is still so much and there will always be more to learn and others to learn from and i'm yeah. so glad that i learned that because it's made a huge difference to where i am now and as you said it, it actually i think people look at you more fondly and will actually listen to you more because they know that what you know you know but what you don't you will ask about yeah. 
and get that clarification or get the advice of those that do know or that know that know better in that that area so it's uh it that was a very important learning i think for me in the last few years mm. definitely is being that forever student and how crucial that is to to one's development i think that's what separates a good leader from anything else is that space for authenticity of awareness like actual true awareness of one's self of where are you at in your level of expertise like you know you're only equipped for so much especially as a manager or a leader or as a boss or any other aspect it's like you're only equipped to support people in so much and when new issues arise or new roadblocks or problems or whatever you want to call them come it's if you don't know the answer it exists you just have to go find it and you know that that's that's where this growth mindset comes from and I think that's how you're operating and that's how you're instilling so much change in your team as you're consistently reminding them that like we don't know everything mm. we're constantly working on it and we're working on it together and your opinion really matters and your influence really matters and that ties back to what you're asking them is how do you want to influence this you know I appreciate you saying that back. It makes me really feel like I am getting the right message across. <laughs> You're yeah. very welcome. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm going for. So I'm glad that that's the message being received on the other end. And <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good start. And so um, it's exciting. It's it's many mm -hmm. things, but at the end of the day, it's exciting. And I think in this work, although you give a, you know, you empty out a lot of your cup, uh, the type of work that we do, thankfully, on its own does help to fill it a little bit up as well yeah exactly mm. i mean look talking about cups we can talk about cups all day <laughs> <laughs> i think i think there's so much in this there's so much in this conversation that we touched on i think the the last little point that i guess i want us to to leave on is you know we're talking about culture change we're talking about leadership we're talking about consistent education i mean if there's a piece of advice you can give anyone who is in a position of leadership or management um you know what what would that be how would you sort of portray everything that you're experiencing now and and how can you pass that knowledge onto somebody else who maybe isn't there yet probably two things that i can think of one is give space for those that who do not normally have a voice to have a voice oh i like that it's whether it's the younger person the less experienced person the new person or just the person that's never got the chance to speak give a voice to those who normally don't have one um and and the the other one is actually i'm staring at it right now it's a card um an affirmation card i made with my matters co and there's a reason why i have it up and it's difficult does not mean impossible yes yes so that would be the other thing. i think that's for just that's everyone that's whether it's your you're the big boss and you someone's come up to you with something that seems absolutely ridiculous remember that difficult does not mean impossible but then also for for the workers the the doers of of businesses or the entrepreneurs that also difficult does not mean impossible yeah that's I think that's beautiful. I think that ties back to everything we're saying, which is, you know, be that student, ask, seek support. There's always a solution. And if it's not right now, it's soon, <laughs> basically. Um, probably sooner than you think. Sooner than you think. And, you know, I, I think there's so much in all of that. And it's it's so inspiring to hear because I know how much you do and I know how much you've achieved and I know what you're working on and it always blows me away and it inspires me so much and that's why we love to talk to each other <laughs> but you know if if someone listens to this episode and and just has that little light bulb moment to instigate change slightly differently I think you know there's there's so much opportunity for for culture change especially in sustainability definitely definitely agree and thank you Rebecca so much for having me and, and you know equally and echoing back to you you know you constantly inspire me and, and why I love to also the reason why I love speaking with you is it reminds me that on this on this mission that we are on when it comes to sustainability and doing good sometimes it feels like a lonely mission as you said we both used the analogy of pushing that boulder up both of us said it felt like it was well we both said it was ourselves doing that uh, this is a reminder that 
at the very least, I'm standing next to you. Yeah. Try to pull that boulder up on the rope. There's two ropes. I'm there with you, and it, and it makes me know that when I'm pushing that boulder up, you're right next right to you, trying to push it up. And <laughs> it makes me feel as it reminds me. It's when I have conversations with with you, it reminds me that we're not alone on a journey that often feels alone um, in doing good. And sometimes it's hard to to muster up all those other people. But uh, knowing that there, there's, there's people like you out there that I know that collectively we are doing some good stuff and we all just need to keep on encouraging each other and being on each other's team, team do good. <laughs> right. I'm right there with you pushing that boulder up. And I, <laughs> I couldn't be a more beautiful analogy. And, and I think that'll be our story for a lifetime. But Athena, thank you. I, I so wholeheartedly appreciate you always in your time. And I know we can talk forever. And for those of you listening, I will ensure that I leave links in um, the reference section so that you can follow Athena on her journey as well. But thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Talk soon. All right. Let me stop recording. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Hold on. I will I just need to stop it before I exit before we exit otherwise. No, no problem. They might lose it. Oh, there we go. Okay, stop recording. Okay.